This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Humanoid, this is Murder Mind. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And for the first time... No, I've, in... been, I've been Jackson Wells pretty much every time. You didn't let me finish, did you? No. For the first time in this calendar year of 2023, uh-huh. we are doing the podcast with the air conditioner on. Really? Yeah. But you know that, you're in the room. But the audience hopefully doesn't know that if my noise reduction is working properly. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to share that with the people. Yeah, they care. <laughs> they, they, they were going, to, hey, hey, uh, hey, Matilda, do you, do you hear that, that buzz? Do you hear I, the hum in the back? I think they have their air conditioner on. I don't want to make anybody in our audience feel bad, but Matilda might be my favorite listener. And you, uh, you have to sometimes pick favorites. Yeah. And maybe it's the British Bulldog fan, but British Bulldogs fan. And Mine's maybe. Winston. Winston's cool too. Part of our, our UK listenership, who is now, which is now what our third biggest or second yeah, biggest? I think yeah. it's our second, right? Or is Canada bigger? I don't remember. Who knows? It's all the Commonwealth. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's all the the Queen's people. King, well, the kings, the kings. People, yeah. You see, uh, people. That's the newest reason people think that Joe Biden is like senile and and has dementia and shit is because he said God save the Queen. It's not that he's just been used to being to having said that for like fifty fucking years, and he slipped up. Yeah, I mean, I just said it. Yeah. Well, you have dementia. I have dementia. Yeah. You're on cognitive decline. I want dementia X. Yeah, it's where the techno drone is. Yeah, but, but we forget about it. Yeah, I think it's actually dementia ten. Right. Yeah, Roman numerals. Um. Okay, I don't. Maybe he does. He probably does have fucking Alzheimer's though. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, he's the, he's the Democrat Ronald Reagan. Yeah, he's, he's fallen all over the place. It's a little silly. It's Just sit down. Just sit in a wheelchair. It works for FDR. Yeah. Just don't let people see in it. Right, yeah. All right, well, anyway. Um, yeah, so we just... Uh, we just had Father's Day. We did. Over the weekend, and that was... Um, uh, a, a day uh sunday as a matter of fact yeah we started watching um what were we watching oh we started watching me and the kids started watching uh and, and this is i guess by your recommendation kind of uh we start watching black mirror hey, i'm a big fan or as you say black mirror like frank mirror yeah black mirror yeah uh no it's just mirror two syllables mirror um, yeah, Black Mirror. No, that's one. That's one syllable. You're saying mirror. Say it again. Black Mirror. Now, now you're trying to you're trying to fucking sneakily get in that Black Mirror. Yeah, see that's mirror. You're saying mirror. 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 Do you not hear it? I hear mirror. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't hear one syllable? No, I hear two. I hear the er. I'm doing it at the end. Do it again. Black Mirror. Mirror. 
What did I, what did I just say? You said Black Mirror. You're right. I said mirror. Like, like it's a mere coincidence. Okay. Or Frank Mirror. Am I saying Frank Mirror? No, you're saying Frank Mirror. Right. And you're saying Black Mirror. <laughs> it's the same thing. All right. Mirror. Anyway, so. If you hear different words, email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. They won't. Or if you're hearing the same word, email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. What color's the dress? Uh, oh, that, that one was very clearly blue and black. I guess it depends on which dress you're talking about. No, that was the dress. Um, so anyway, so we, we watched Black Mirror. And the first episode was uh, weird. Most of them are. And then the second episode, uh, we only got through half of it because then uh, I got a text that uh, the kid's mom was coming to pick up, you know, coming to pick them up. So I didn't get to finish it. But something bothered me about the second episode. The Scottish accents? No. Oh, wow. So so it's funny because the kids are getting start guessing. They're like, was it the girl's eyebrows? I'm like, no. Was it her hair? I'm like, no. And then they start trying to make it about race. And I'm like, it's not race. And they're like, really? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. No, it's not fucking race. And they're like, what? I was like, you're never going to fucking guess what bothered me about the second episode. Because it's it's nothing like. Yeah, if it's not accents or race, I don't know what was bothering you. Right. Yeah. And none of that. Those are the two things that tend to bother you. No, but it, but it didn't. Okay. Accents, accents do really fucking bother me. Um, race doesn't bother me as much as culture, cultural shit bothers me. Um, you know, I, there's ever, it's no fucking secret, right? Like race, I don't look at somebody and go, oh, you're fucking, you know, you're brown. I don't like you. That's just not a thing. I'm very attracted to, uh, lots of brown people. Um, Mexican, Indian, black, you know, fucking Hispanic. There's lots of gorgeous fucking brown sun kissed people. Uh, and oranges. Mm. Um, I love orange juice. Orange juice is good. So Did you ever hear of the concept of the shower orange? This is new no, to me. No, but you say just say that. Okay. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, no, has nothing to do with race, which is surprising. I know to you and the kids. No, and uh, and and the kids are like uh, they were they really were stuck on. They were like, what could possibly be bothering you? That's not that. And, and you know, it has something to do with the food. No. Okay. You know what? Food is involved in some way. All right. Yeah. Think back to the first episode. Okay. Oh, all right. So in the second episode, the one guy at the bar, you know, the bar that they. Mm -hmm. Okay. He mentions Netflix. Okay. Yeah. But in this universe, it seems like Streamberry is taking the place of Netflix. So why the fuck didn't he just call it Streamberry? Yeah, especially because they mentioned it later as Streamberry. Really? Yeah. I didn't get through the, the second. Oh, you know. Okay. But he fucking says Netflix. But I didn't say anything to spoil it. Well, I shouldn't spoil it for our audience either. Right. But, but do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he fucking says Netflix. And I don't know if that was a slip up or. It may have been a continuity error just because. There is an Easter egg in the first episode where it's called, like, what, Lock Henry? What? The, the, that ep- the second episode is called Lock Henry. I, I don't know. I think there's a... F- I, I know Lock is in it because I saw it on the 
uh, on the on the on the building. Is that yeah. where they are? They're in Scotland. Yeah, I believe it's in Scotland. Oh, okay. I know that's where they filmed it. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So if it like was... this, it was in the small, small, small village of Scotland where they filmed it. Beautiful village. It fucking so gorgeous. I felt, I felt like, oh, this is where I belong. <laughs> uh, similarly, it was beautiful in the. Uh, there's a that movie that came out. Uh, I guess last year, the Banshees of Inishara. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Love that movie. Very sad movie. Very, very yeah, sad and well, depressing movie, but it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's what bothered me. The fact that he said Netflix, yet they had Streamberry as their fucking streaming service. Well, not only that, but in the first episode, uh, Joan is awful. Yeah. When there, when there's the the whole conceit of that episode is that this woman finds a thing on this streamberry thing which is like netflix but it's about her right and um so when she's scrolling through streamberry when somebody in that episode is scrolling through through, uh streamberry one of the things they see is for lock henry or whatever the really the the documentary from it is called yeah but yeah i I really like that episode that was that was uh, one of the stronger episodes i thought i i and it, it does kind of sorry uh it does kind of take a poke at true crime and the culture of true crime as well i grew up with um tales from the crypt um uh alfred hitchcock presents twilight zone the outer limits ray bradbury theater you know no i never fucking watched it but i i remember that holy shit i haven't remembered that in a long time that's a that's a deep cut wow i really remember from the 90s it was more of like even within the episode, they would have stories. What was Ray Bradbury Theater? Just a sci-fi anthology thing. Really? I don't think I ever watched it, but there would always be commercials for it. I'm like, yeah. the early sci-fi channel, I think USA. Oh. But uh, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Fact or Fiction, yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, but but like The Outer Limits, uh, and they're, I'm missing one. Are You Afraid of the Dark? But that was more like a horror anthology. Yeah. I guess so is Black Mirror in a way. People, some people can say But, but I'm talking Mirror. more like, I'm, I'm talking more sci-fi, like, uh, what, what, what's the other? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Tales from the Crypt is a horror yeah. anthology. But uh, all right, so I'm t- I'm talking like um, the Outer Limits or uh, what's the other? The, the fucking Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, I, I know that there's another one too. I can't even think. Of. Anyway, that's what it, that sort of reminds me of. It's like, oh, that's really cool that there's like a new version of that. Yeah, and it's always like based around technology and. And te- they tend to have some kind of bleaker ones and then some more uplifting ones. And like the one that a lot of people like, uh, San Junipero is probably the most uplifting one. It was just about like the possibility of a technological afterlife. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been a fan of it for a long time. I I actually got turned on to it. And then I watched the, the first two series, which were the British ones uh, that I think were made over there. And then Netflix picked it up for season three and beyond. Even those seasons, one of the seasons was just that movie Bandersnatch, the interactive movie. Okay. Yeah. And that was the whole season. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I like I like the fact that uh like my kids are watching. I know some people are probably like, Oh, you have your kids watching it? Yeah, because I watched Tales from the Crypt. Well, it's not like you actually see Annie Murphy take a shit in the church. Spoilers. Right, yeah. I love Annie Murphy. <laughs> I love her. I think she's great. I think she was great in um, Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't watch that Kevin. I watched the first season. I never watched the second and last season. Of, uh, what, Kevin it? can fuck himself. Yeah. How was it? It was interesting. Uh, I love the conceit of it. She was really good on it. Um, I don't know why I didn't watch the second season. I should probably check it out. But yeah, it was just basically it, it, it intersperses between a sitcom with like the goofy doofus husband and the the wife who puts up with him. But it, it cuts between that and her life when it's not the sitcom, which is just very bleak. And she wants to get out of there and she hates it and hates her husband and needs to escape it all. And she, eventually she decides she needs to kill him. But it goes from the way they shoot it, it goes from looking like a three camera sitcom with this bright lighting and a laugh track to like the very like almost like okay. Breaking Bad. So wait a minute. OK, so so we're seeing the part of the show that you don't see on TV. Right. Wow. Well, that's it, it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, OK. So when you watch, so, okay, so if we're watching, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. Okay, now, I, are we still, am I still, is my audio still coming through? Yes. Okay, no, because I hit the microphone and it, I think it cut out for a second. Uh, okay, so so imagine you're watching like Married with Children. Mm-hmm. And what we see on TV, right, mm-hmm. happens just whatever. But then what we don't see on TV that's what that show is? Well, they'll have little parts of it where it's it's shot like a sitcom and there's laugh lines and people are like making jokes back and forth and it's very bright. And then uh, Annie Murphy's character will leave the room and it's just like, they, she goes to like, the living room to the kitchen and it's just like, she's like sighing, like she can't believe how fucked up this is. And so, yeah, it is very, it, it, it does play heavily with that. That sitcom format. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like her a lot. I I, I especially, you know, I, I, it's weird because like you can look at Annie Murphy and be like, oh, she's attractive or whatever, and it's like that's fine. But the Alexis character that she played in, in, Schitt's, in, Creek, in yeah. Schitt's Creek, like, there's something about that character that just made me like fall in love. Like, oh, my God, I love that character. Like, now, I know you're not going to feel the same way I feel about things like that. But did you ever feel that way? Like, did you ever look at somebody like, oh, my God, I love this person as this character so much? Like, do you just feel something like, like, just you're kind of drawn to to that part? Like, it's just like, oh, my God, I really fucking lo-. like, like, imagine, um. Imagine you like Michael Keaton as an actor. Yeah, yeah, I like Michael Keaton, whatever. But there's something about him playing Batman that you're just like, dude, he's so fucking awesome. I mean, I've had like actors like that and roles like that. Yeah, it's like this is like a moment in time. Like Walter White was like that. Even uh, as it evolved in The Better Call Saul, Saul Goodman was like that. And yeah, there's certain indelible characters. It's like, yeah, that's always going to leave a mark. Yeah, yeah I think with, with the Annie Murph, Annie, Annie, Annie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, with her playing Alexis, it was like, oh my God, I fucking, I, I could fucking fall. I would, I, I would fall more for the Alexis than I would just Annie Murphy. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, enough of that jibber jabber. Uh, let's, uh, let's get our socials out there. Murder my dude, gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, um, socials, our social media, Murder My Dude, look us up. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, 
if you uh, on on Facebook, we are podcast my dude. But if you search for murder my dude, you'll find it. Every week we say this, uh, or every two weeks. No, um, how long have we been doing this for the biweekly thing? Like a year and a half, I think. Really? Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Uh, yeah. So every two weeks we we say this. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's let's move on now. We're we're now going to get into a little segment that we like to call this week murder. Utah. Internet activity of Utah Children's author accused of murdering husband reveals potential evidence. Or Utah. 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 That's uh that's in the Book of Mormon. Utah. Uh, the, the it's the two Mormon missionaries that go to Uganda mm-hmm. and they uh the one uh girl they're trying to convert over talks about how uh they are from Utah. Utah. From Salt Lake City. It's uh, like S L A K A. T A S I T I, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Um, some very questionable searches and messages have come to light in a pre-trial hearing for 33-year-old mother of three, Corey Richens, who stands accused of killing her husband Eric Richens last March. Richens is set to stand trial for the murder shortly. Corey, obviously, Eric is dead. And how uh, do you spell Corey? K O U R I. I don't like it. Uh, Richens is set to stand trial for the murder shortly and was dealt a legal setback when a Utah judge denied her request for bail or pre-trial release, citing, quote, substantial evidence against the defendant in the case, which sees Corey facing charges of criminal homicide, aggravated murder, and three counts of possession of controlled substance with the intent to distribute. Police came Corey slipped five times the lethal amount of fentanyl into a Moscow mule she made for her estranged husband. They're really good. I had those Moscow mule glasses. I think I still have them somewhere. Oh, I was talking about fentanyl. Oh, never had that either. Oh, but I've never had a Moscow mule e- either. I I have. I'd try one. I, I I've also never had a mojito. Oh, dude, you're missing out. They're very good. Uh, but yeah, I had a Moscow mule. I think 2019. I did have um, I did have a few weeks ago just because uh, the bartender was trying to practice making them and uh-huh. they're just passing them off after they made them. I did have a martini for the first time. Really? But it was like a uh, it was like a I, I think it was like a not a pineapple martini. It was like a blueberry and something martini. Anyway, How the was... fuck did you just confuse pineapple with blueberry? No, no, there was definitely blueberry in it, but there oh. was like, I think it was like lemon and blueberry. Yeah, it was lemon and blueberry. It was oh, a lemon and blueberry martini. Really? Mm-hmm. How was it? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it was very alcoholy, but still good. It tasted like, tasted like Mike's Hard Lemonade, but a little stronger. I Do you prefer hard liquor like that? Liquor or, or alcohol, like beer? Um, I tend to go to beer just because it's, I don't know, I just, I've acquired a taste for it, but I, I'm... A fan of like Southern Comfort as well. I know Southern Comfort is usually my go-to. Um, I guess it's considered a liqueur. Is it? Are there dogs barking outside? Is there? there may be. I. It's definitely not going to pick up on the mic. If it is, it's incredibly oh, faint. Okay. No, because I just hear it. It's. It's. It. Yeah. Um, Soco. That's or uh, uh, yeah. That's your. That's like my go-to. Soco, that was your yeah. go-to. Mm-hmm. Really? Soco and Doctor Pepper. Southern doctors mm, or die doctors. That's Pepper right. That's point. right. Yeah. Uh, and I and I like, of course. Uh, Crown Apple. 
Oh, Crown Apple's great too. Like a Crown and Ooh. Crown Apple and Sprite or, or Crown Apple and whatever. Yeah. Um, Crown Apple is my shit. That and I don't drink. You know that. I yeah. when the fuck do I drink once a year? And I didn't even like the last time you do. Okay, so so I'm gonna throw you under the bus here. All right. There's been like two times that you bought <laughs> Crown Apple within the last year or two, whatever yeah, it is. Probably a year and a half, two years. And yeah. you bought two bottles of it, and mm-hmm. you're like. Yeah, yeah, we're going to split the bottle. Okay. And then I go, hey, man. Like three months later. Three yeah. months later. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to drink now. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I drank that a while ago. <laughs> the last time was we were going to drink the Crown Apple if Eagles won the Super Bowl mm. in February. And then you asked me about it in like May. So it was literally three months. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I just. Everybody has their thing. It's not your thing. It used to be. It you, used you to. You, you know, I used to. I used to like not not all the time, but I used to like to you know have a drink. I used to. I I think it was like, I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's because I started doing all the going on all these medications. Yeah, you're, you are on a lot of medications. Like when I drink, I don't take a damn. I don't even take nah, ibuprofen when I drink. No, you don't. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't like being on all these medications and, and drinking. Yeah, and, no, I, I, if I was on the medications you were on, I would not drink either. But um, I, I don't know. I don't even really miss it all that much. I do. I miss some of the fun times, like like going to, uh, when we would go to Aurelis or, you know, have a uh, New Year's at a Pat Aurelis's. Mm-hmm. Like, that was always fun. Um, But I guess for me, I look at it as like, yeah, my, you know, I don't need it. I, I could find other way I, I do wish that i could smoke weed and not get so paranoid I, I love what doug stanhope said about drinking he's like uh people always say i don't need to drink to have a good time he's like yeah that's true neither do i but then i have to have a good time to have a good time <laughs> drinking is a fail safe um so anyway uh it's not a good time if you're going to drink five times the lethal amount of uh fentanyl placed into a moscow mule oh uh, the substantial evidence the judge cited in this case included a very dubious search history, which included things like, quote, can cops force you to take a lie detector test? No. And they're not admissible in court. Uh, is naloxone similar to heroin? Uh, death certificate says pending. Will life insurance pay? And luxury prisons for the rich in America. <laughs> what an American thing to search for. Luxury prisons for the rich in America. Well, obviously, it's not for the rich in another country. Uh, another article accessed by Corey, according to the prosecutors, explained how to hire someone to write a book for you, causing doubts that she actually wrote the book pairing, bearing her name titled Are You With Me?, which is a children's book about coping with loss. The book was published on March 5th of this year, almost a year after Eric's passing, and just over two months before Corey was formally charged with his murder. So, according to prosecutors... Not only did she kill her husband, or they're alleging, but they're alleging she killed him and wrote a book about it. And now they're saying she may have just paid somebody to write that book about grief of loss, and the loss is about the husband she killed. Well, I don't think that there's really a problem with having a ghostwriter. However, killing your husband, I think, is kind of yeah. having a ghostwriter. It's mean having a ghostwriter perfectly legal, perfectly legal. Y- yeah. Some less damning. It's cer- all perfectly legal. Not the murder part. That's oh. illegal. Oh. So it's not all perfectly well, legal. Half of it is. Yeah. Uh, some some less damning searches included Lil Nas X married, and what kind of doctor was Dr. Pepper? 
<laughs> going right back to it. Uh, according to the prosecutors... And did he like SoCo? <laughs> uh, according to the prosecutors, Corey took out $2 million worth of life insurance policies on her husband in the years leading up to his death. Eric- I like that they had to throw in the Lil Nas X and what kind of doctor was Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah, just to make her look stupid. Yeah. The, the Dr. Exactly. Pepper yeah. No, no, that's what I was thinking. Like, just to make her look like a fucking idiot. Um... Corey did take out $2 million worth of life insurance policies on her husband in the years leading up to his death. Eric Richens, who was worth $3.6 million, also discovered that Corey had spent $250,000 she had taken out in the home equity line of credit, and had also spent $134,000 from Eric's business, as well as $100,000 from his personal bank accounts, and $30,000 from his credit cards. Uh, This, coupled with suspected infidelity, Corey had her own suspicions as well, uh, about Eric, led to Eric Richens meeting with estate planners and divorce attorneys in late 2020 to file for divorce and make sure that his wife was not in his will. Uh, Corey also sent emails to police trying to justify trips as she and her children made to Spain and Mexico. The messages also claimed that she was being harassed by private investigators working for Eric's family. Corey's lawyers have criticized the prosecution's case as lacking evidence while also painting Eric Richens as a partier who would, quote, Consume alcohol and THC in any form. <laughs> wow. Uh, law enforcement never identified or... This is a quote from the defense. Uh, law enforcement never identified or seized any fentanyl or other illicit drugs from the family home, a defense motion stated. The state has provided no evidence that there was fentanyl found in the home, nor have they provided any evidence that Corey gave Eric the fentanyl at issue. So they're just trying to paint it. The defense is saying, oh, he was a party. He probably had some fentanyl, had gotten his drink, he died where the prosecutors are alleging that she had poisoned him and laced the uh, the Moscow mule with fentanyl. Only time will tell what happens there. Next story. A little more conclusive. Arizona death row inmate freed after 29 years. Conviction first overturned in 2018. Barry Lee Jones uh, was sentenced to death in 1995 in relation to the death of Rachel Gray his then-girlfriend's four-year-old daughter. The May before, Jones had driven Rachel and her mother, Angela Gray, to a Tucson hospital where where Rachel was pronounced dead on arrival, with the cause of death revealed to be a small interior laceration in her bowel that was said to be caused by blunt abdominal trauma. So Barry Lee Jones right now is 64. Yes. Gotcha. At the time, he was much younger. He was whatever he would have been in 1995. Sure. No, uh, okay, sure. We're, numbers. Uh-huh. Go ahead. The May before, Jones had driven Rachel and her mother. Oh, I already read that part. I'm, try- I'm still trying to do the math in my head and read the story. <laughs> so if he's 64 in 2023, he will be 66 in 2025, which would have made him 36 in 1995. Okay. Math. Math. Yeah. That's that common core shit. Wow, man. Shit. Okay, so go ahead. The May before, this is going to be this. I already read that paragraph. Prosecutors at the time accused <laughs> Jones of sexual assault and first degree murder. I used all my brain power doing that common core math, uh, arguing that Jones caused Rachel's injuries. He would be convicted and sentenced to death. In a separate trial, Angela Gray was convicted of child abuse and failure to obtain medical care for a minor. She served an eight-year sentence. So when when I when the kids were going to this one uh, one school here, 
uh, they were doing the Common Core math shit, and I was looking through it, and I was like, why is it that I understand this better than any math that I did growing up? Because it's designed to be easily understood, but if it's not the way you learned, you hate it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, sure. Uh, People don't like it because it's not the way they learned. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Barry Jones's public defender, it's argued, failed to utilize key evidence that could have caused Jones to not be convicted. The medical examiner testified in both Barry and Angela's trials and gave differing testimony as to the timeline of Rachel's injuries. Andrew Sowards, a former public defender himself, worked on Jones's case for 11 years, claiming that, quote, the more I did, the more I became convinced that Barry Jones was innocent, that he hadn't harmed anybody. Tissue samples suggested that Rachel's injuries had partially healed at the time of her death, indicating that those injuries were inflicted before she was in Barry's care. She was in Barry's care the night before uh, she got uh, uh, sent rushed to the hospital and died. Mm. The injuries could have happened perhaps anywhere from three to seven days before her death, long before the four-hour window the night before Rachel's death when Jones was solely responsible for her and is alleged to have inflicted the, the uh, fatal injury. There were also allegations that Rachel's uncle had a history of sexual abuse against young girls, and Rachel herself said a boy had hit her with a metal bar days before her death. A federal appeal in 2018 ruled that Jones had ineffective counsel and declared Jones's convictions should be vacated. That ruling was struck down by the United States Supreme Court's conservative majority, uh, flat party line, the six conservatives voted to strike it down, three uh, um, progressives said... Uh, they should uphold the overturning. Uh, and they declared an opinion uh, defying prior precedent that federal courts did not have the power to review state convictions. Jones's fortune changed, however, with the results of a razor-thin election in Arizona that saw Democrat Chris Mays defeat Republican Abraham Hameda by only 280 votes to succeed outgoing Republican State Attorney General Mark Brnovich, who Mark Brnovich said of the Supreme Court's decision to reinstate Jones's conviction, quote, I applaud the Supreme Court's decision because it will help refocus society on achieving justice for victims instead of endless delays that allow convicted killers to dodge accountability for their heinous crimes. Even if they may not have committed those crimes, at least they're accountable, right? Um, the Attorney General's office reversed course with Mays at the helm and argued for Jones's conviction to be overturned. A new plea deal was reached with Jones pleading guilty to a charge of second-degree murder an admission that he delayed for, uh, which he did admitting he delayed too long in seeking medical care for Rachel. So they said you should have talked her to the hospital as soon as you knew she wasn't feeling well. The fact that you didn't just plead guilty to second degree murder. And he did because that plea came with a 25 year prison sentence. And given that Jones had already served 29 years, he was immediately released. So. What? Okay. This guy serves 29 years. 29 years. Yep. And but he was responsible in what way? They they had they did a plea deal that said he he pleaded guilty to second degree murder because she was in his care the night before and she was complaining of being hurt and he didn't take her to the hospital at that point. And their argument is if he did she may have lived. So that seems like criminal negligence maybe, but I guess to appease people, they said it was second-degree murder. And he's going to say, so for him, I guess it's a no-brainer of, okay, if I, if I plead guilty to this, I can get out of prison right now. Because he's already served 25 years, over 25 years. 
So that sentence doesn't really matter. But you would think, okay, if he's not guilty, just why does he, why isn't he freed? Well, what what I'm saying is, or I'm not saying anything yet, but I'm thinking is, is how does he not sue the balls off them? I don't know what the rules are in Arizona. Some states, yeah, it's capped. Some states, true. you cannot get restitution at all. And because he did that plea, he probably waived the right to say I was wrong. Yeah, that's convicted. so. That's that's the the crazy. I was just talking to somebody about the death penalty, and I'm like, yeah, because I understand with certain things, like if you know without a shadow of a doubt that somebody did something, like they, you know, they they fucking rape and murder your daughter or something, or rape and murder your son, and they do something crazy like that, you know that this guy did this shit. I'm okay. That's I'm I'm fucking definitely okay with the with the death penalty there. But it's 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 crazy when there's things like this, and then you have like stuff like the confession, t- uh, whether the confession, confession tapes? tapes, yeah, yeah, um, false confessions, false witness testimony is incredibly common, yeah, incredibly common, yeah, and it's like because it's so common, you know, like yeah, that's my problem with that is whose who's definition so- of overwhelming evidence? Yeah, it's crazy. So, all right. It's like even now it's like, oh, we got it on video. Well, now we have deep fakes. Now, we, now oh, we have, yeah. yeah. So, dude, the, the, okay. So, that <laughs> I'm not not trying to get in, not trying to sit you in conspiracy corner right now, but like I think I t- I brought this up before. I I remember years ago watching stuff about nine eleven, and there was this whole like thing about um the, uh, the planes were really taken to bunkers, and you know people were off that way, like the people that supposedly died, whatever. Uh, and then it was like some of the phone calls were like uh, deep fake, you know, but they weren't they weren't using the name deep fake then. But it was like clone or whatever. And, you know, it's it's like they're never going to fucking come up with the technology to do all this shit that perfect. Right. And then just a few years later, <laughs> here they <we> are. are. <laughs> they're actually doing it. it. It's not picture per- like picture perfect yet, but it's close. It's, hey, it's really close for for public consumption i don't think yeah. it is i think they already have dude i i listened to this ai thing of like it was like joe rogan or something mm-hmm. and it sounded dead like joe rogan yeah, saying the, the joe rogan there's one they did with like joe rogan interviewing trump and the interview never happened it was just like power it was like a chat gpt generated interview with like an ai voice yeah. fucking sick it's disturbing and it's it made me think earlier about the lady writing a book like why don't you just get the fucking chat gpt to write your yeah book? You know, so everybody does. Like, do you have you tried that for an episode of this yet? <laughs> of murder, my dude. Yeah, a chat. Write a write a podcast about the Menendez brothers. I don't have ChatGPT. I think you have to pay for it. Oh, I don't know, I, dude. Honestly, I don't even know what the fuck it is. I know the name. I know it's like a very powerful AI that supposedly can generate really unique things. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a bare bones version of it in, in um in bing now or something yeah because now google's working on their well, ai we should try it's we should like bard we should try using a free version uh just to see what it does you know just to see what we could get out of it that'd be pretty funny all right okay so there you go um and, and go back to the beginning of the show man i didn't think we were going to talk about what's her face at all that annie murphy oh yeah that was very annie murphy heavy uh opening of the show so uh, i hope you enjoyed that um just just as i enjoy annie murphy um on that show however i didn't want to think about her pooping <laughs> you know i understand everybody poops you know they made a book uh but uh, also you know i don't want to i don't want to see it you know 
out of out of out of mind out or out of sight out of mind you know mm-hmm. um I, I just i don't want to think of the best you know i i don't want that i, I want which then turns you to thinking of Salma Hayek pooping because of the right. structure of that show. Absolutely. And then I kept looking at her ass and going, oh, you had hot shits. You know, so now I just think of hot shit when I think of Salma Hayek. But not Annie Murphy. No, that's yeah. weird, right? Yeah. And I should. All right. Anyway. Oh, but but definitely don't think of Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Taking hot shits? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't want to think of Kate Blanchett in any fucking way. There, uh, the one thing I did mention earlier, real quick before we do the break, that's not a break anymore. Yeah, is uh, I was talking earlier. Yeah, I I heard about this thing. Yeah, the shower orange. Oh yeah, that's so. Right. I've heard of the shower beer before. There are people who swear by the shower beer. They say that there's su- just something really, really, really freeing and fun about drinking a beer while you're taking a shower. <laughs> it is supposedly very refreshing, and I've never done it. Um, I could see that. I could see, especially if it's a cold beer. Yeah. You have a cold beer because, it, like, just the, like, you drink, like, yeah, the water's coming. Oh, you know why? Because, you know how, like, people drink beer in, in pools? Yeah. And you have the beads, like, of water, like, on the beat. That's why. It's, it's like a visual thing. And the cold, mm-hmm. you know, the cold fucking beer. And you drink. Yeah, I could see that. In fact, I, I don't know if I saw it uh the supermarket here that sells beer once, like this is years ago, or if I just saw it online, but there's a, a beer that was called like emergency shower beer. <laughs> and and uh, I think it was at the supermarket. All right. So it's the shower orange. Uh, it's the same thing. Same premise. You basically just eat an orange in the shower. And like, you're, cause you, people usually shower in the morning when they're first starting their day. Right. And it's a little shot of vitamin C to give you some energy. Yeah. And the oranges could be messy when you eat them. They can, so you have a you have a shower beer and you have a shower orange. Mm-hmm. I want to introduce the toilet soup. You do like to eat while you're while you're on the toilet. I do. You do. I do. It's weird. It does. It does. It, it, it is. Hmm. It does be weird. In English, it's... it does weird. Yeah, it does. Uh, I do. Because um, I'm just thinking of like shit vapors escaping and you're inhaling it and your mouth's extra open because you're eating. Doesn't matter. I mean, right. you, you breathe it in anyway. Wait, wait, hold on. So you think that you don't breathe all this stuff in when you're not eating? That's true. <laughs> like, you're, you're still breathing it in. That's why some people like to close the bowl before they sh- uh, flush. One thing I do do, uh, pun do, intended, do. I get it, yeah. uh, is is as the, the, the turds are dropping out of my asshole into mm-hmm. the water, I flush immediately. All right. You're so, like wasting water. No, it's not wasting. It's not wasting. I'm actually utilizing the water. Wasting water would be just flushing for no reason. That's a reason. So we don't get the smell, you know, so it doesn't permeate. Like it's I don't like it. I don't want my, you know, I don't do it all that much here in the house. I do it like at all. Oh, day. yeah, I do it when I'm at work. Yeah, the courtesy flush. Yeah. No, well, no, that's in a public bathroom, bathroom is called the courtesy flush. Yeah. I don't think that's what a courtesy flush is. As, what's a courtesy flush? Just letting somebody know you're in there? No, just to, like, just when you're done, just to make sure everything's done. I'm talking about when, as I'm doing well, it. Well, if you're flush when you're done, that's just called flushing. No, no. Then you flush after that. Double flush. That's the courtesy flush. Oh, okay. At least I... I always thought of the courtesy flush as flushing as you're shitting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought it was. it was like... 
it's a courtesy thing to double, like double, like make sure you're good. Yeah, you should definitely do that too. I'm gonna look this up because. Uh, yeah, I guess the shower orange is a thing where you eat an orange in the shower. Like oranges can be messy. Your hands get all sticky. From oh, it is a flush in the middle of the toilet sh- uh, shitting process in order re- to reduce aroma. So the courtesy flush is what I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I always thought, and I'm wrong. Okay, fine. But mark the time. Thirty nine minutes, thirty five seconds. I always thought a courtesy flush was. You do it when after you're done. You're like, okay, I'm going to do it so there's no like little particles, you know, lying around. Oh, like, still part. There's always part. No, nah, I know, but there's particles literally everywhere. But like, like you ever go into bed, you look in, and, and there's like pieces of like lettuce laying in there. And you're like, what the fuck? How the yeah. fuck is there lettuce? Because somebody when they shit, it's like a salad shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know anybody like that? Nah, can't oh. think of anybody. Well, anyway, um, so. That afterwards, can't think of anybody where it looks like you loaded refried beans and, and lettuce no salad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's gross. Uh, I see. I thought that that was the courtesy flush, not the uh, what I do. So I courtesy flush right. and never knew it was the courtesy flush. Yeah, huh? It sounds like an unfunny Seinfeld episode. But yeah, a chat GPT powered Seinfeld episode, the courtesy flush. Yeah. Well, they tried doing AI Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It was called Nothing Forever. And it was just like, it, it was like, it was j- obviously Seinfeld, but they used different names. It was just like, it would do, they would do a, a stand up thing and then an apartment thing. And it was just going to play perpetually. And it, it only lasted about three weeks before they took it down because the AI said something racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez okay and i got like banned from twitch anyway anyway that's neither here, here nor there. there it's there where twitch okay so we're gonna take a break uh but we're not really gonna take a break we're just gonna bridge right into our main point of discussion hey remember when you saw a homeless man bridge and take a shit yes at penn's landing in philadelphia yeah uh, we're, we're sitting on the, the edge of Penn's Landing, eating our lunch. Uh, Not us. I wasn't there. Yeah. Your yeah. school. Your My sc- school. Yeah. It was the, uh, it was the enrichment program. It was the gifted kids. Oh. We got So a- I definitely wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I have been to Penn's Landing, though, because I used to live around the corner I forget there. the name of it. It's there's Penn's a- Landing. No, no. Said it. Right. Yeah. But there's a specific thing. It's a specific exhibit that was on there back. This is in the 90s. Yeah. Um, it was like 96, 95, somewhere around there. <clears throat> and... They, uh, the cool one was in 96, we went to Vet Stadium, that was fun. I think this was 95. We went to one of the old naval ships. There was actually two, and there was a submarine we went in, so yeah. it was in the submarine. Yep, I've been there. I, and then I there was, was that there. ship that was in, like, the Mexican-American War, and you go in the ship, there's, uh, like, you Moshalu? see... I don't know. God bless you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you go in the ship. It's No, it's, like, the USS something, I think. Oh, the... Um... Na- USS, like, James Garfield or some shit. No. Nah. I don't think that's one. I don't think that's there. I'll look it up, though. Yeah. Might be Mushu Pork, whatever you said. But, yeah, we're, we go we go on the ship, so we're sitting down. It's like, yeah, bring a lunch. Uh, so everybody's sitting on the, the pier. They're sitting on the uh, the little rised... Um, the Cruiser Olympia and Submarine... That sounds about right. Bakuna. What a wonderful phrase. Um, 
The Mushaloo. Now you're just making shit up. No, I'm serious. But yeah, we, we were sitting there along the, the Delaware River, and there's this guy just like lounging under a tree. And yeah, he just, I don't know, if, now I'm thinking he didn't really bridge. He didn't bridge. I always said he did a bridge, but what he really did was he like, oh, oh come on, sh- dude. I've been hearing this since fucking 96. I'm rethinking uh, about, No, 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 no. Don't rethink it because I've been thinking this whole time you've been telling me, and I've been telling people too. <laughs> a lot of people. I've told people. I've told people. I've told people, Jerry. The the, the, the bridging homeless man. The, the the bridge bum. The bum bridge. Yeah. All right? Uh, from his bum bum. But now that I'm thinking about it. Now, nah, see? Now you're ruining it. He may have just shimmied with his back and shoulders up the tree into like a sitting position. I don't remember. <laughs> it's either a bridge. Because he was under a tree. He either did a bridge... <laughs> It's been almost 30 years. I don't remember exactly. But now I'm, I'm trying to re- repaint the picture in my head. Why am I doing that? I don't know. But he either bridged or he like shimmied up the tree, which makes more sense because it's going to be easier. And yeah, just slid his pants down and then took a shit right where he was just laying under the tree and then rolled over so he didn't sit back down in the shit and walked away. USS Olympia. Yeah, I'm going to guess that's what it was. Is it yellow? Like a yellowish? It's, uh, hold on. Yeah. I believe that's... Yes, that is it. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. The USS Olympia. Yeah, I was on I was on all of them there, except the... I think it's the Mashalu. Maybe that's what it's called, the Mashalu. So the Mashalu is that... that... Mashalu Slamovich, former GCW no, champion. No, 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 no. It's Masha. Um... This is, uh, and it's not the tea or the green fucking powdery shit. This is that's no, that's what Rusev says. I don't know what the fuck he says. Um, anyway, this, uh, this ship, the Mashalu, um, they made it like a restaurant. It's a restaurant there. And, uh, and then he teamed with Thrasher and he was a headbanger. No, 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 nope. That didn't happen. All right. Well, we have, uh, we have to get into our meat and potatoes now. At the Mosh and Thrasher <laughs> ship restaurant. Yeah. Did you ever eat down there on, on uh, Delaware Ave? I have not. Yeah, Moshlu. It's M-O-S-H-U-L-U. Yeah. I had uh, I ate at the Chart House before. Uh, the Chart House is on, uh, on the Delaware River. And uh, we went there for my mom and dad's anniversary. Like 90, 91, something like that. They picked us up in a limo. And we went down to the chart house and ate. And I uh, went up and they had a nice big salad bar. And uh, there's one thing. And there was said uh, there was, you know, heart of palm. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom, I was asking and I said, what is that? She said, it's heart of palm. And I go, heart of what? And I just scream it. And I was so fucking freaked out because I thought it was a heart <laughs> of something because uh, I was an idiot and I didn't understand yeah, you probably ate Scrapple that morning. Yeah. And ate heart. <laughs> and a snout and a yeah. fucking everything but the oink. Oh, God. Dude, Scrapple's so good. This episode... This episode... Yeah, when you say Scrapple, you're like, this episode is brought to you by Scrapple. <laughs> Nobody says Scrapple like that. Uh, yeah. This episode of Murder Murder is brought to you by Scrapple. I was going to say the letter Scrap. The letter Scrapple. S is for Scrapple. That's good enough for you. Yeah. I should have been the ending. Okay. Let's get into Menendez, brothers. We're going to follow along 
with our time-honored tradition of honoring holidays in the most disturbing ways possible. Only this time, we're doing it a week late. Uh, so join us while we celebrate a belated Father's Day by discussing one of the most infamous family murder cases in American history, the 1989 killings of entertainment executive Jose Menendez and his wife Mary Louise Kitty Menendez. Uh, most famously... Uh, the accused and ultimately convicted killers were Jose and Kitty's own sons, Lyle and Eric Menendez, who were 21 and 18, respectively, at the time. Wow. Uh, the legal battle has persisted ever since, and recently emerging evidence has lent new hope in the brothers' bid to be freed ev over 25 years after their conviction. So let's go back in the history books here and talk about the backstory. Jose Menendez's story begins in Havana, Cuba, where he was born on May 6th, 1944, the youngest of three children of Jose Francisco and Maria Menendez. Jose Francisco Menendez, nicknamed Pepin, was a professional soccer player turned accountant. Hey, real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm looking up the uh, Menendez brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, the one was born uh, January 10th, uh, Joseph Lyle Menendez. Yep, goes by Lyle. Uh, January 10th, 1968, born in New York, New York. Start spreading the news. And his brother, Eric Galen Menendez, mm -hmm. born November 27th, which is funny because January 10th is day after my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's 10 years. He, he was born 10 years after my mom. And uh, and then the other guy, uh, the other uh, brother, Eric, was born November 27th, two days after my dad's birthday. Yeah. Uh, 1970 in Blackwood, New Jersey. Yeah. Blackwood, South Jersey. It's right. You know, it's right near the Delaware River, not too far from the Mashalu. All about the Mashalu. It's all about the Mashalu. Yeah. Uh, growing up, Jose became an outspoken. Oh, yeah, I missed a whole part here uh, about Jose being born in Havana. We oh. gave the dates, and then um, his father, Jose Francisco Pepin Menendez. You said that part. Uh, right. Was a professional soccer player turned accountant. Yeah. The younger Jose was doted on by his mother. But there was more than met the eye, according to Jose's older sister, Marta, who claimed their mother molested Jose. Uh, growing up, Jose became an outspoken critic of Fidel Castro, fleeing the country at the age of 16 as Castro's rise to power was cementing. He lived in the attic of a cousin who had taken up residence in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. What the what? Right up the road from us. Yeah. That came up that. in another case about... Uh, Mudman Simon, I think that's. We just can't thing. escape the Menendez brothers. With black, you know, Blackwood, New Jersey. Growing up, probably skipping rocks down. Yeah, no, I was always in Blackwood. I used to ride horses there. All right. Yeah, I used to ride horses there, and I've been. I, I ate at Sonic in Hazleton. So I mean, come on. I'm in Hazleton a lot now. You are. I'm in Hazleton like twice a month. Probably skipping rocks and fucking hanging with the Menendez bros. No, they're in jail. All right. Uh, spoiler. If you don't know already, I'm sure you did. Uh, so, yeah, so Jose Menendez did live for a while in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, where he graduated from Hazleton High School in 1961. I actually, when I'm in Hazleton, I'm usually right across the street from their football field. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, the, yeah, the sanctuary. We brought it up before. It's right across the street from... There's, like, the sanctuary, a street. There's, like, a gym where if people who are going to the sanctuary park, they, they, get, they have their cars towed. Yeah. And then there's this football field. Um... And while Jose was in Hazleton, he learned English in his time there. Which is funny, because now if you go to Hazleton, the most common language you'll hear is Spanish. 
So it's come full circle. Um, during his time there, the entire Menendez family defected from Cuba and joined him. Jose's yearbook entry labeled him as, quote, a casual Cuban Casanova, something money can't buy. One good guy. That is the most 1960s yearbook entry I've ever heard in my life. A casual Cuban Casanova. <laughs> uh, he was uh, also an excellent swimmer. One good guy. I'm going to say about people. Oh, you're one good He's, guy. You're one good guy. <laughs> and you're an excellent swimmer. Yeah. Uh, no, Jose uh, Menendez was an excellent swimmer. He became a top member of Hazleton High's swim team. And though he had dreams of the Ivy League, it wasn't in his price range. Uh, so Jose Menendez would make his way to Southern Illinois University. Uh, do you know their mascot? Southern Illinois? I should look this up because I could be wrong. No. I believe they are the Salyukis. Which is a type of dog. Okay. Southern yes. Illinois mascot, let's see. No, they're the Cardinals. Or, no, they're not. No, they're Southern S- Illinois Sal- Saluki. It, it sounds delicious. Like, it sounds uh, like Polish food. Yeah, like, oh, uh, did you did you eat the halupki and a saluki? And the... the, 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 the yeah. It's a dog breed. Um, dogs hunt primarily by sight rather than strong scent. It's a really tall, thin dog. Try to think. That's a Saluki. Jesus, that's skinny as fuck. Yeah. Keep that away from my dog. Yeah. Um, when when we moved up this way, I learned about uh, was it oh Halushki? Halushki, yeah, yeah. I never heard of Halushki before. Halupki, Halupki, Halushki. Fucking, I know Saluki. about I know about Galumki. Yeah. If you don't know what a glumpy is, it's a uh, stuffed cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, rice and beef um, wrapped in cabbage leaves and then with the sauce. Uh, delicious. I fucking love it. it I, is I love that Eastern European food. Uh, but halushki, I think, is what? It's like cabbage and like pot like noodles. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> That's what they eat here. This is what they fucking eat. Because there's a lot of uh, Polish and Lithuanian yeah. and whatever, like Eastern European uh, people up here. Some Irish, you know. A lot of Eastern European. There's a lot of ha- cabbage people. Butt cabbage, yes, yeah, that's what they would say. Butt cabbage. <laughs> I found like, yeah. one, too. Because they used to say butt cabbage. Like mm-hmm. ca- cabbage. It's cabbage with a yeah. V. But, but yeah, but I would... Uh, but Jose Menendez back in Davis almost say butt cabbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, the Spanish speakers tend to pronounce bees. and bees. bees. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. Anyway. But anyway, uh, on the Southern Illinois for Jose, uh, while working at the campus TV station, Jose met Mary Louise Anderson, known to everyone as Kitty, and the two fell for one another quickly. Their romance withstood objections from their respective families. The Andersons didn't want Kitty marrying a Cuban, uh, and the Menendezes didn't want Jose marrying the child of a divorced couple. Oh, how dare they? Hey. Catholic thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but marry they did, eloping after Kitty graduated and moving to New York. Jose, only 21, finished out his education at Queens College and quickly found work as an accountant at the firm Coopers and Wybrand while Kitty became a school teacher. Their first child, Lyle, we already covered this, actually, Joseph, uh, you, you beat me to the punch here. 
Um, was born on January 10th, 1968. Younger brother Eric was born on November 27th, 1970. And the couple had moved to New Jersey at that point. Uh, so you kind of jumped the gun on that. Mm. As Jose changed jobs, the Menendez family moved from New Jersey to Chicago and then back to New York. Yeah. While working as an executive vice president for Hertz, a job he earned at the age of 35, Jose developed a reputation for being a particularly hard-nosed businessman who was a force in the boardroom and a terror to his employees. But executives at RCA, which owned Hertz at that point in time, saw something in Jose Menendez. In 1980, Jose earned a half-million-dollar-a-year job as one of the heads of RCA Areola, uh, which has nothing to do with the Areola you may be thinking of. Uh, the, it's the company's record division, where he signed major acts like Duran Duran and Menudo. 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 And was tasked primarily with building up the company's stable of Latin artists, like Duran Duran. <laughs> yeah. The great Latin artist Duran Duran. Right, yeah. Uh, this... This time in the recording industry, well, they did have that song Rio, I guess was kind of Latin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this time in the recording industry is playing uh, a major role in the latest developments in the story, but more on that later. So Jose's last step on the corporate ladder came in 1986 when he left RCA after it was purchased by General Electric and wound up working for Carol Co. Pictures, where he turned their home video division from a $20, uh, $20 million loser to a profitable arm of the company in a single year. Uh, and while this seems like the American dream made good, I think um, actually he may have had like some kind of thing that something to do with the Care Bears movie or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, while this seems like the American dream made good, there's evidence that things weren't always so sterling under the surface. Diane Vandermolen, mole. Uh, is the older cousin of Lyle and Eric Menendez and often spent summers with the family. Did you ever watch that new Netflix mole show? Yes, I did. Oh, did you? Uh, apparently they're doing another season. He, yeah, so BP over here is uh, was very, a very, very, very That's big fan of the probably my favorite reality show, the yeah. mole. Now, really? Yeah. O over Survivor? Yeah, Survivor's just on more. You do love Survivor, though. Survivor's, yeah. I like Survivor a lot, yeah. And big, you used to like Big Brother. Yeah. And then that, does that still on or did yeah, they stop it? it? Yeah, it still goes on. It's really? A, it's a summer show, yeah. And although they might do it more now that they saw this writer's strike going on. Oh, that's still a thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, let's get back to this. So Diane recently gave her account of a 1976 encounter with her then eight-year-old cousin Lyle to ABC News. So Diane, I think, was like 17 at the time. Uh, so she's in a guest room at the, uh, at the Menendez house. It's their... I guess she, uh, like, I think Kitty Menendez was her aunt. And she says, one night I was in my room changing the sheets in my bed and Lyle came in. He became very serious about asking me if he could sleep in the other bed next to mine and saying he was afraid to sleep in his own bed because his father and him had been touching each other down there, indicating that it was his genital area. Oh, shit. Vandermullen says she went to her aunt Kitty Menendez with the story and, quote, by her demeanor, I could tell she was not believing any of this. And she went downstairs, and Lyle had already gotten in the bed next to mine, and she went ahead and yanked him by the arm and took him back upstairs, and I never heard anything else about that. Jose Menendez uh, has also reportedly had the same impossible expectations for his children uh, that he had for his employees. He was going to stop at nothing to, um, to have his children be successful. He pushed them academically, socially, and athletically. 
quote, it seemed like Jose was so competitive he was doing everything he did to make it that uh he did to make them better, Eric Swin coach um said in 1990 interview. But he was so completely overbearing it had the opposite effect. Eric had so much less self-confidence because everything he did was never good enough. And for a while it looked like it was working. Lyle was on his way to Princeton University. Eric wasn't thriving quite as much academically as the older as his older brother that he looked up to tremendously. Uh, but Eric was a standout tennis player. He peaked in the late 80s as uh, one of the top 50 boys junior national tennis players. You're not a big tennis fan, are you? It's okay. Yeah, I love okay. I love tennis. I, I I don't watch it as much as I should. I like tennis a lot. I don't know. Something, something about it. I just really, really like it. Not that I would be any good at it, but it seems like something that would be fun to play. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, um... Uh, who who's the big uh, the big? Oh, you you really knew uh, Roger Federer, right? Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm not talking about that. Uh, who's the big newspaper guy? Uh, Hearst, William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, yeah so he, he had this big estate, and um, he had tennis courts there, and like you know, uh, back in the day, all the golden age of Hollywood people, whatever, they would all hang out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and. Uh, Oh, they would all play. Chaplin would play. He was he was really big into playing tennis. A lot of them uh, would play. But yeah, it seemed like that's what I would probably be doing if I could play. I'd want to play back like with, with like celebrities. Yeah, back in the day, tennis with celebrities. Yeah, hell yeah. Where do I go to play tennis with the stars? Yeah, it, it, I, that's what I liked about that. You know, old Hollywood. Something about that. I don't know. There's you just don't have that anymore. Like you can't play Fortnite with. I don't that's know. what it is. Who's a big star now? Fucking Ben Affleck. Ben, you want to play Fortnite <laughs> with Ben Affleck? No. I was thinking like a younger star. Like oh, a, uh, who's yeah. a kid who plays Spider Man now? Tom Holland. You don't Tom, play Fortnite with Tom Holland. No, that's that's you know that's what it is. That's no, I don't. I don't. No, you know. There's a lot of things that that aren't around anymore. That it's just like tennis is still around. Tennis is around, but there's no like you don't see these these people going and hanging out at the, you know at their chateau or whatever the fuck on like just some random beach house somewhere. Well, they might still do it. No, they don't. Um, they don't. They don't. Uh, no, they don't go in, into like the Brown Derby anymore. They don't fucking need it. These like I don't know what the fuck the Brown Derby is. That's your problem, though, isn't yeah. it? Uh, it? It was this restaurant. They, they don't eat at these. It's called the Green Derby. Okay. Then it went to shit. No, they don't. They don't eat at these places like they used to. They don't hang around like like they used to. There used to be groups of people that were like all these big friends. And you know, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't think it's a thing. I mean, I think that there's people that have friends, mm-hmm. you know, but I would hope so. But they they it seems lonely. It does seem lonely. Um but I just don't think that they have the big groups of friends like they used to. You know, like, I don't know. Fucking. Internet. Fuck. It's fucking internet killed everything. I blame the internet. The, the internet, up, the internet the, killed tennis. The internet, no. Tennis is still a thing. It's just not, you know, I I, I just want to play with Chaplin. And, well, I don't think even if you were on that back then, like, Chaplin was just like, I'll take on all comers. Come on down. No. You, random guy. I'm no. going to play tennis with you. See? No, no, no. But I'm saying that that's my, like perfect you know scenario of playing tennis mm-hmm. would be with a lot of old celebrities of uh, you know especially back in the what 30s 40s 
back then. That's like golden twenties, thirties, forties, somewhere around there. Uh, that's where I want to. I, I want to play with you know. Now you want to play tennis with Annie Murphy. Only as Alexis. All right. I'm surprised you're not setting off my echo over there. I guess it's getting smarter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If you if you're, you're saying Alexis, you're not saying Alexa. Weird. Okay. Anyway, so, I, I said it and didn't do anything. But again, just below the surface, things weren't as great as they seemed. Lyle's tenure at Princeton was short-lived as his grades were subpar and a plagiarism suspension was on the books early in his time there. Uh, the Beverly Hills High School graduate uh, did have a new passion, however, screenwriting. One of his scripts pro- uh, proved prophetic. Uh, it featured a young man from a well-to-do family murdering his parents. Huh. Um... Eric's situation was even worse. He was charged with burglary twice in 1988. One of them rumored to be him taking the fall for Lyle in order to improve Lyle's academic opportunities. And then we get to August 20th, 1989. Uh, The night that turns this from a story of a wealthy family's dirty little secret and their dirty little secrets. Do you know what's special about that night? August 20th, 1989? Absolutely no. That's a month to the day that BP turned six. Yeah. Yeah, that's not incredibly special. Oh, it's not? No. Not part of your faith? No. Th- oh, you th- really you really take a lot of interest in, like, what follows birthdays and stuff. Yeah, maybe I'm fucking autistic. Maybe I'm tisming out. Maybe this is how I tism. Maybe the, maybe I'm on the spectrum. Uh, maybe I went to, to the you, spectrum. Maybe, maybe I was at the spectrum on August 20th, 1989. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was wrestling. There. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it was, like... Uh, that was around the time I went to see, like, the, I had front row seats, and I saw Demolition in the Twin Towers and The Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude. I think that was actually in August of 1989, but it might have been earlier. That's funny. Or it might have been July. Fucking funny. No, August 20th is actually my cousin's birthday. She is 11 year, eleven months to the day earlier, o- older than me. Really? Yeah, so she would have turned uh, seven that day? Yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That night, police responded to a 911 call to see Eric Menendez bawling on the uh, B-A-W-L-I-N-G. Not, the, not like bawling. He was bawling, uh, sobbing on the family, home, family home's lawn. Uh, responding officers entered to find a scene so gruesome, their initial suspicion was a mob hit. Uh, between them, Jose and Kitty Menendez were hit with 15 rounds from two separate 12-gauge shotguns. Jose was uh, 45 years old at the time of his death. Kitty was 47. Other initial suspects included enemies Jose had made in the business world, specifically some in the pornography industry. So again, uh, we mentioned, I think, earlier that his job was like a home video division. And home video was like dominated by porn. So he was dealing with some seedy characters. Um, What helped change their minds was the behavior of Jose and Kitty's orphan sons, Lyle and Eric, who had inherited Jose's $14 million fortune. Uh, there was a five dollar, a five million dollar insurance policy, but it was tied up in technicalities. And by uh, by the end of the year, they were like really going to work spending it. They had spent by the next spring about a million dollars. The brothers bought cars, clothes, and jewelry. Uh, they traveled the world. Lyle bought a restaurant in New Jersey near Princeton. Eric hired a personal tennis coach. Um, Eric was also meeting with Doctor Jerome Ozeal, who was once his court appointed therapist. After he had those burglary charges. In one such meeting on Halloween of 1989. What were you on Halloween of 1989? Do you remember? Um, that 
89 is when Batman came out, but I don't know if I was Batman that year or if I was Batman the year after, but I know it was Batman. <clears throat> and I remember one of those, I was also uh, one of those years I was, they had this like, uh, th- this mask. It was kind of like a, one of those like, um, what's like this material? Lycra? Yeah, kind of like a Lycra mask. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, it had a print on it. And it was of a bum. And it was, uh, like Emma, Kelly Emma, it was Emma Kelly. And so Emma one, Kelly. one of those years I dressed up as Emma Kelly. I actually dressed up as Emma Kelly way later with my youngest son. We did, uh, he did Chaplin. Funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did Emma Kelly and I did Emma Kelly. But that year I also did Emma Kelly. So I made. It was one year he was Doctor Who. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the Matt, he was Matt Smith. And you were the TARDIS. I was the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was the TARDIS. Forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that because I know I know I was Batman one year, but I don't know if I was Batman that that year because what it came out in like June. I I don't know what something like that it came yeah. out like May or June of of eighty nine. So maybe I was. I may have been. Bat- I was either Batman or in eighty nine or ninety. Anyway. I was a clown. I was well, six I mean, years old and I was a clown. I guess yeah. Emma Kelly's a clown. Yeah. So. But I know I was Emma Kelly one of those years too. So I think oh. the next year was a Ninja Turtle, and then I was, uh, I, and then I think I was Batman. I was bat- No, I was Batman. Whenever Batman Returns came out, I remember we did a we we did a thing when I was Batman. My dad owned a grocery store, and uh, this guy Bobby was working. He was working at the store, and uh, th- my dad was like, "All right, go in, grab your stuff, grab like chips or whatever, bring it up to the counter." As Bobby goes to ring ring you up, grab his stuff and just run out. Mm-hmm. And it was me and this kid Mikey, and we did. We went up there, and he didn't know it was us. And we, <laughs> well, he, he didn't know Mikey, you know. Uh, oh, I know, yeah. Huh? I know. You know Mikey? No, I said you know. Oh, uh, and and uh, he didn't know it was me for whatever reason. Uh, and so I guess because I had the Batman mask on. And I grab the fucking chips and I run out the door and he comes fucking flying out the door. And my dad's standing there laughing his ass off. And he's like, you motherfucker. He's like screaming at my my dad because my dad liked to prank people constantly. He was like, he was fucking always, always pranking people. He used to call my mom's work and fucking constantly prank people. Yeah. But anyway. So yeah, in the, uh, Halloween of 1989, Eric Menendez uh, was meeting with his doc, uh, therapist, Dr. Jerome Lazeal. What do you think he was? He was probably... Um, a cat. He was probably... No, Cliff Clavin from Cheers, I'm going to guess. Okay. He was Cliff the mailman. Who's Cliff? It's a well-known fact that he was Cliff Clavin. I don't think it, it is. Uh, so Eric confessed that uh, he and Lyle had killed their parents in this uh, therapy session. Ozil then purportedly blackmailed the brothers, threatening to take the confession to the police. Ozil also had a very volatile relationship with his mistress, Judalon Smith. Fake name. Who secretly recorded many of their phone conversations. Ozil also said that Lyle had threatened him, but that he was not afraid of the brothers. This guy sounds like a piece of work. He, he seemed to be, yeah. I was, he is not one good guy. He is not a good therapist. You, you can find stuff like that in your therapist, and then they uh, they say, well, I'm going to blackmail you now. Yeah. Um, 
When Smith and Ozil's relationship fizzled, she went to the police with the Men- Menendez brothers' confession. Uh, the brothers were arrested on March 8th, 1990. Uh, due to attorney-client privilege, or uh, not attorney-client privilege, but doctor-patient privilege rules, the admissibility of the tapes was always a hot topic of discussion. All right. Uh, as the trial neared in 1993, the tapes became almost a moot point as the defense in the case, and this is a case that really helped put the fledgling cable network Core TV on the map, it really centered around a self-defense plea. More is, that, than, is Core TV still around or no? It, I think it's around, but it's like a, one of the, it's like a, it's not a full-fledged channel like it's on regular cable. It became True TV. Oh. But with True Crime became like a big deal, I think. They brought Core TV back. I don't know if it's online only or if it's something that's on like Pluto TV or something like that. Or they may have brought it back as a full-fledged network. But yeah, Core TV is somehow like kind of back. Is that where that show is that we used to watch? Um, uh, PD? Live PD? Yeah. No, uh, that was on A&E. Oh. And now it's back. But it's not called Live PD. It's the exact same goddamn show. But it's on Peacock. Well, no, it's on Reels, which is on Peacock. So I don't think a lot of people get reels. Okay. But it's called like On Patrol Live now. But it's the same guy, like same same concept, same like graphical presentation and everything. Well, why isn't it called Live PD? Because they don't own the rights to the name. Oh, really? And I guess A&E is suing them saying, yeah, this is basically just Live PD. Even, even, even like while they were like pushing it, they're like, yeah, this is Live PD. Live PD is back. It just has a new name. So I guess there's like a legal thing. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's on like Fridays and Saturdays from like nine to midnight on reels. Do you watch Peacock. it? Every now and then I'll throw it on Peacock. What the hell, dude? You know what? I don't like that you do this. We, what, we, that I don't tell you every little thing I do in my life? See, do, do you see what Do you see what you're doing there? What am I doing? Every little thing you said. Yeah, this what? is a little thing, isn't it? No, you said every little thing. Or the, oh, sorry, this specific little thing. Yeah. Why would I need to know every little thing? Now, you know we watched that. We watched that. And we used to watch the, uh, what's the, what's the fucking, the, the game shows. To tell the truth. Yeah. yeah. You watch To Tell the Truth? I don't remember you watching Live PD all the time. Did yeah, you? Yeah, I watched Live PD with you a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, this is the, these things. But you have this weirdo thing where you like to watch shit alone. You like to do a lot of things alone. That's not life. Life, you're supposed to share. It's supposed to be shared experiences. That's how you really, you know, because you can talk about it and whatever. But you just prefer watching shit alone. That's weird. I usually watch. I actually usually watch. I I usually don't watch it live. I usually watch it on like Peacock's on demand thing while I'm prepping this show. That's when I I've actually been watching it for the most part. I didn't even know it was a thing again. I'll watch it on like a Saturday or Sunday morning while I'm drinking coffee and prepping murder my do. Yeah, that's see, that's I wouldn't want to watch it on a Sunday morning. I'd want to watch it at night. That's a nighttime show. That's like. That's like, uh, yeah, reminds me when I was a kid, like when cops would be on or America's Most Wanted or something. I was like, like that. there were like Saturday night shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because we used to we used to get uh, order cheesesteaks. That was like a thing. We'd order cheesesteaks and then have milk. My dad would make milkshakes. You, you didn't get roast pork for cops. No, I wish we did. God, roast pork, broccoli, bro. yeah, sharp provolone. Wet. Get it. Pork, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, yeah. they some cops are in Philly and they they eat good food. So um, the the whole thing about whether the tapes could be admissible in court or not didn't really matter in the end because the defense uh, was more of a self defense thing. They they said yeah the the kids 
shot their parents, but they pled something called or pleaded something called imperfect self-defense. And that's a plea that says the killer or killers in this case had a, quote, honest but unreasonable belief that deadly force was required to save their life, which can only lead to a manslaughter conviction, not a first degree murder conviction. So kind of like, um, like, uh, who's our girl with the fucking axe? Uh, Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Uh, is it kind of like a situation like that where they felt that they, their life, they, they needed to do, this is their escape. Not, this is their escape, but like, this is going to escalate and I'm going to die if, if I stay here. Um, I mean, I guess my thing so it's been, their escape in a, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a very unpleasant situation. So I have to kill this person, get out of it. It's that, because that's not self, that's not self-defense. Cause they're going to say, well, Lizzie Borden might've been different because it was an older time, but like for this, they could say, well, you're both over 18. Why don't you leave? Why don't you go to the cops? Yeah. Why don't you go to a family member? Right. Cause they like being rich. Um, well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, with Lizzie Borden, it was a little different, but she could, I guess she could have went to a relative. She could have went to somebody, maybe. I don't know what her situation was. But no, because self-defense is like, self-defense in theory, and we're not going to get a like castle doctrine, the guy that shot the guy through the porch window and, and shit like that. Right. But, um, or the porch door. But self-defense is, by definition, I feel like my life is in immediate danger, and if I don't defend myself, I will die. So that's supposed to be what self-defense is. Castle Doctor is like, okay, you're defending your home. Um, but it's like, okay, I need to use deadly force to prevent myself from being killed. Or I didn't expect that to kill them. Like if somebody punches you and they're they're squaring up to punch you again and you punch them back and they fall and hit their head, that's probably going to be not murder because you didn't have the expectation that a punch was going to kill that person. Where if somebody punches you in the face and they're like, come on, motherfucker, and you pull out a gun and shoot them, I think that might be more, more borderline. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, if I have a gun on my person and you're coming forward, you know, mm-hmm. to attack me, but you didn't even touch me yet, I'm shooting you. And I, I think you might be okay with self-defense there. Yeah, I'm shooting you. I'm shooting you. I'm not going to shoot you in the head. I'll probably shoot you to incapacitate you. Probably shoot you in a fucking leg. But, yeah, I think in this case, it's not like it's also an immediate attack. I think this was like, oh, my father's been raping me for 10 years. I have to shoot him. That You're not really saving your life. You're just doing that to stop being raped, which is a, something you should definitely do. Like, you should try to not be raped, obviously. <laughs> you should try. You should. Hey, uh, hey uh, just a little sage advice here. Uh, try not, try to, not to get raped. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it's a it's a it's a tricky thing, uh. But but it, in that case, it's it's yeah, it's that it, because yeah, it's an honest like, but unreasonable belief that you have to use deadly force to save your life. Because the only time that I think self defense says you can use deadly force is in a life saving situation. I don't think I ever used sage advice in my life. By the way, why the fuck did I just say that? I have no idea. That's weird. We're talking about broccoli, Rob. Maybe we're thinking about spices. No, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think I've ever used the phrase sage advice. In well, my now life. you have. First yeah. time for everything. That's fucking weird. Uh, the prosecution countered by claiming greed was the motive. They were after their father's money. The jury was able to reach a verdict. Many split between murder and manslaughter. 
Because even if you say imperfect self-defense, you're still guilty of manslaughter. A retrial banished cameras from the courtroom and eliminated manslaughter as a possible conviction, thusly eliminating the imperfect self-defense strategy. Uh, This led to a 1996 conviction of both brothers on first-degree murder charges, leading to a life-without-parole sentence for both. In May of 2023, the brothers filed for a new hearing. So this is just uh, last month. Yeah. Uh, They filed for a new hearing based on new evidence that aims to establish a pattern of Jose Menendez being a sexual predator, specifically targeting young boys. Uh, The claim centers around Jose Menendez's time with RCA. We talked about earlier. We'll talk about that later. Oh, fuck. Did he fuck Ricky Martin? That's not something Ricky Martin has said. Uh, Uh, Specifically, it was around recent allegations by Roy Rossello, who was a member of the boy band Menudo, uh, which was signed to RCA by Jose. Ricky Martin was part of uh, Menudo. He was. There were other people, too, including this guy. Yeah. Uh, Rossello claims that he had visited the Menendez home when he was 14 and was drugged and raped by Menendez. He also claimed he would be assaulted by Menudo creator Edgardo Diaz. Oh, uh, that seems to be... I know that the, the guy who discovered a lot of them, uh, Lou Perlman, wasn't he like a, a pedophile? I don't think so. Or he did something. He went to jail yeah. for something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Being a fucking piece of shit. But I don't think Lou per, uh, Perlman... Uh, see, you know you know what it is? Because he looks like he would be a pedo. Uh, maybe it was a uh, money thing. He, he looked like he'd be a might gi- have been a money thing he went a for. A gym pedo. Lou Perlman, I believe... No, Lou Pearlman just fucked people out of money. He was just a scumbag like that. I don't think he ever did any uh, sexual things. I think you're thinking of Dan. You're thinking of Dan Snyder. <laughs> Dan Snyder wasn't a sexual person. Was yes, he? he was. The guy who owned the Washington Commanders. Schneider. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said um, Dan uh, Snyder. No. Oh no, he was uh, Lou Pearlman. It was a financial thing. Yeah, he uh, insurance fraud. He ran a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, he did the Ponzi scheme thing. Yeah, he was he was a big piece of shit like that. But no, uh, but I'm saying he did like I know this is a little unfair, but he does look like the the guy that'd be like, oh, I want to keep my kids away from him. They say, you know what, though? Yes, there was sexual things. I'm wrong. I'm reading it right now. He did massages. Oh, he would do like he would come in and do massage. So I think that there was sexual shit, but he was never he was never accused of anything like that. Uh, and in, on a, according to Wikipedia, in a 2009 interview with Howard Stern, Rich Cronin, the former lead yeah, singer of yep, LFO, yep. Uh, said that he only received a fraction of the money owed to him from record sales. Cronin claimed that Perlman wanted to bang everyone and had attempted to seduce him multiple times, though he was of age. Um, and then Nick Carter, when asked if the claim was true, suggested that, uh, oh, no, I think everybody else was kind of. One, one of the uh, Carter brothers was like totally like no Lou Lou was great like they kept defending Lou I think it was Aaron Carter um, and then he died in prison in 2016. No, he died in the bathtub at home. No, Lou Perlman. Oh, oh, Lou Perlman died. Oh, and uh, all the LFO guys are dead. Isn't O still alive? Isn't one of them still alive? Actually, there there was four in yeah. total, and one is still alive. Three LFO fucking dudes died mm-hmm. you said oh <laughs> oh it wasn't like l it wasn't like tlc no because it, it was light funky ones oh. which one was funky uh all three of them apparently um there were four and one is dead and i think the one is uh i mean one is alive and i think the one that's alive was like no wait a minute i think it was I think Brad is the one that's alive because because there was like going to be there was the one guy that nobody knew. And I think he died, too. 
Now I'm going to look that up. I'm very interested. LFO, my dude. Uh, no ruling was made on that motion by the Menendez brothers as of yet, but it has thrust the case back into the limelight. And that boost in publicity is coming at a great time for Netflix, which is eyeing a 2024 release for Monsters, the Lyle and Eric Menendez story, uh, which is producer Ryan Murphy's follow-up to the 2022 smash hit Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, which is as of this moment second only to Stranger Things as far as the most viewed English language shows in Netflix history. So the follow-up to that Dahmer miniseries is going to be one about the Menendez brothers. Yeah, Brad Fischetti is still alive. He was like one of the guys that, you know, in when, when they were at their height, mm-hmm. he, he was, you know, one of those guys. But yeah, one of the original ones, he's dead. And then uh, Rich Cronin died. And did he then, die of Cronin's disease? No, but he died of cancer. When the hell did he die? 2010, jeez. He's 36 years old. And then uh, Devin Lima died. In Peru? <laughs> no. I was born in Lima. Also with cancer, uh, of cancer. Four- I was born in Lima, Pennsylvania. It was Lima. Oh. Yeah. Had a lot of beans there. They 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 didn't. They had a, they had a Toys R Us, though. They did. And a mall. And a mall. I liked a lot. Yeah. And now it's gone. Now it's gone. What is it? It's like a... They did one of those, like, they're replacing a lot of malls with this because they can just squeeze as much money as possible. It's like retail on the bottom, I believe, and then shopping on the top. It's like ground level retail and then residences Shop- above it. You said shopping on the top. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Retail on the bottom, residences on the top. Or it might just be residences. It's like a weird you have a lot of mullet. shopping around there. Like you're describing a, mu- a mullet. Yeah. It's, it's business on the bottom and residences on top. Yeah. Anyway, that's the story of the Menendez brothers. The Greta Rum Mall? And the Greta Rum Mall. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I hope they go free. Hope they go free, I guess. Sure. Why sure. not? I don't give fuck a fuck. It. Fuck it. <laughs> let them all out. Let everybody free. Let them all fucking free. Let, it, let them all go. And then we're going to have a lot more people eligible for this. It's time for another game of Who Died <laughs> the Worst. Oh, that's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game and mine. Who died the worst? It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of this game is Who, who died, died the Worst. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Jackson Wells over here. That's me. Three deaths. Three. He's going to tell me which of these three died the worst. I'm going to call my shot. All right. Third. Third. Yeah. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if the calendar doth not deceive me, mm-hmm. This is going to be our last episode uh, before 4th of July. Okay. In fact, if we follow our normal recording schedule, we will literally film the next episode on the 4th of July. Wow. Yeah. I am off work that day. Check this out. It's like the only day I'm off work that week. Your birthday is in a month. It is. Do you know how old you'll be? I will be 40 years old in a month. Exactly. The big four. Oh, bro. That's right. Yes. I remember when I turned 40. Uh-huh. I actually, uh, honestly, I had the best birthday in recent memory. Like, I don't know when the last time I had just, like, a good birthday was. Like, usually my birthday is every year. is just like, meh, like this year. Meh, whatever. Uh-huh. 
I turned 43. Okay. Uh, last year, 42. Okay. 41. Okay. 40? I actually had a really good... Do you know what we did? Uh, wasn't it like an AEW pay-per-view? There was an AEW pay-per-view. We had a lot of pizza. I drank. I think I had crown apple. Uh-huh. Like, it was it was a fun time. It was around... Like, people were around. I think it was me, you, Tony, Andy. Yeah, it was like a bunch of people. What's like this? A, Tyler? Yeah, it was like everybody get together and watch a pay-per-view. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really fun... Yeah. I had a really fun time for my 40th birthday. Like, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I mean, mine's on a Thursday. I did take the day off work, but I'm, I'm probably... I think they might be doing I wrestling know, trivia I, pilgrim. I, I was going to say, yeah. I know what we're doing. Right. We're going to fucking pilgrim, aren't we? I, I, I think they might be doing wrestling trivia. Um... I know two days after that is their brew fest, and there's going to be wrestling down there uh, on July 22nd. Um, I think, because I know the day after that, the day after my birthday is one of the owner's birthdays. Um, but I know they were talking about doing a, a wrestling trivia thing, and I was like, yeah, you should do it on a Thursday before brew fest. It's my birthday. And they, I think they were considering it. Uh, so who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah, probably hang down there. Why not? It's a fun place. It's a place I enjoy spending time but anyway we're talking about who died the worst not fun things yeah not fun things uh so this is all kind of a summer theme and um what's more summer than having a nice old chili cook-off um just cooking in general it's it's a culinary time of year this summer uh so this is a story of andrew lee a 33 year old who uh was a, a wannabe cook and he challenged a friend of his to an eating contest uh a chili eating contest. And he used some red chilies to make a real, that he made, that he grew at his own house. Okay. Just to make a really hot chili sauce. Uh, he was a forklift truck driver, but he wanted to be a cook. Um, and he dared his girlfriend's brother to eat a spoonful of the chili sauce. Uh, or a spoonful of the chili. That's how hot the sauce was. And then he ate a whole plate. Uh, and very shortly after that, later that night, he had a heart attack and died. What the hell? Uh, it's like, uh, according to uh, his sister, according to Andrew's sister, he said, uh, my dad grew the chilies especially for Andrew, because the dad grew them. The contest was planned, and he gave them to him. Uh, Andrew just ate the chili sauce with a plate of dolmio. Uh, it was not a proper meal, because he'd already eaten lamb chops and mash after coming home from work. Um, after that, he had complained of itching, and the next morning, his girlfriend found him unconscious. And yes, he was uh, unable to be revived. Uh, he apparently got in the bed at 2.30 a.m. and started scratching all over and died uh, of a heart attack the night after eating chili sauce. Very hot chili sauce. So what did it? Nobody knows. Maybe there's something in the chili. Maybe he just had a heart attack. Could have been uh, if he was a heavier guy. All the sodium. Could have been. You know. Wow. Jeez. So you called your shot as death number two, right? I said three. Three. Okay, let's see what death number two is. Okay. Uh, death number two, um, and you're already seeing it on the screen. I'm actually, I'm not right, really reading it. Don't look at the screen, I'm please. Not, I'm um, not. So, uh, I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'm going to tell you something about what happened. You're going to tell me which state this happened in. Okay. So, four-year-old boy uh, was crushed, by, uh, crushed to death when a steel barbecue pit fell on top of him. Oh, you said steel barbecue pit? Steel barbecue pit fell on top of him. Okay. Uh, well, he was playing in the backyard. His mother was inside doing housework. Uh, she ran out to find her son pinned under a very heavy steel barbecue pit that was shaped like a revolver. Jackson Wells, what state was this in? Texas. Yes. 
correct. Well, you already said steel um, pit. Yeah. I, I knew it was Texas immediately. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, it's Texas. Okay. But then the gun is just giving you a little extra extra. Could have been Oklahoma. Could have been. Uh, but yeah, death number two is uh, you're playing outside. You're a four-year-old boy playing in your yard. Uh, when, as every family in Texas has, your steel gun-shaped barbecue pit falls on you and crushes you. Okay. That is death number two. Yeah. I believe every house in Texas has a, a barbecue pit that's made of steel and is shaped like a gun. Wouldn't you? Seems like it would be, an e- it would be a tipping risk. Like, a gun isn't a very... Uh, a very stable shape, I guess. Death number three, but a barbecue pit, yes. Death number three is an eight-year-old boy uh, who was in Kuraiu Park, I'm going to guess, uh, in, in New Zealand. Okay. Uh, Rotorua, New Zealand, uh, where they have geothermal pools that they uh, they, they try to... Insi- I think you're right, actually. I think, I think number three is going to be the winner. Oh, no. uh, it's a geothermal pool. This eight-year-old boy was uh, playing by it. Um, they have like do not enter signs. I think, I think the pools are blocked off. It's not known how he fell into this geothermal pool or how he fell. Um, but what is known is these pools are known to, uh, and this is on Boxing Day. Um, so, okay, can I get rid of this screen, please? Thank you. Um, so this eight-year-old boy fell into a geothermal pool that is known to get as hot as 100 degrees Celsius. Which I believe is no. In fact, I do know this is because that's why it is 100 degrees. The Celsius, the Celsius temperature scale is based on the temperature of water, and zero degrees is the freezing temperature of water. Zero degrees Celsius. So you know that makes 100 degrees Celsius. No. The boiling temperature of water. Okay. So that I believe it's 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. Uh, so it's hot. Yeah. The boy fell into one of the pools. Uh, and suffered severe burns to his face and body. Uh, he was rushed to a hospital and airlifted on life support on a, and a ventilator to an ICU unit in Auckland, New Zealand. Hmm. Um, and later that afternoon died of severe burns. Uh, they don't know how he fell in there or anything like that. Um, he was of Pacific Island heritage. His family did not speak English. Uh, witnesses began pouring cold water on his body and the family called 111, which is their version of 911. Uh, there was screaming and yelling. It was just horrible. He would say, my feet, my feet, I guess from whatever language he spoke. And then after water, he was saying, my face, my face, and then back to his hands again. Uh, so yeah, this eight-year-old fell into a pit of boiling water and then later died of severe burns. Huh. So death number one is you eat a bunch of chili. I think this is in uh, ascending order, I believe, very clearly. Uh, death number one is you ate a bunch of chilies and then you uh, you die of a heart attack, probably in your sleep the next night while you're very itchy. I think the most uncomfortable thing about that, besides just the fact that you're dead, is the itchiness. Uh, death number two is uh, you're playing outside in your yard uh, when you're crushed to death by your gun-shaped steel barbecue pit in Texas, of course. Right. And death number three is in New Zealand when you fall into a geothermal pool uh, that can reach boiling temperatures, uh, and then you die later that day of your burns. I ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? And why is it number... Two. Two? No, it's three. Of course it is. Of course it's three. Wow. How fucking weird is that that I called that shot because... That, uh, that is memorable of what I think is uh, still, I'm going to say, the worst one we've ever done. 
which is the guy who ran into a geothermal pool after a dog in like Yellowstone. Yeah. And then he came out and they were like taking the socks off and his skin came off with it. Oh, I thought it was like a hot. Uh, it was uh, a hot spring. Hot yeah. spring. Yeah. But yeah, the, he, the dog ran in it and it's like the dog's dead at that point. The dog's oh screwed. But instinctively he ran in to save the dog and then he died. I, I probably would too. Right. If Holly fucking. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This is easily the worst one. Yeah. That, sometimes they're easy. Fucking eight years old. Yeah, well, the other kid was four. And the, yeah, by by four he should have known better. By four years old in Texas, you've had a good two years of no, experience handling guns. But I'm talking about like it collapsed. It probably knocked them out, right? Could have. Yeah, like I mean, it's bad, but yeah, it's not as no, it's not. No, as, this is excruciating this is, and just boiling. Oh like, yeah. Oh no. I think I. This is my opinion. Three. I so. agree. Not that my vote counts, but I agree. Oh, it does. And that'll do it for our uh, belated Father's Day episode. I'm, I'm a father. I am not. We uh, we had fathers. We are part we of the Dead Dads Club. We are. Uh, so, hey, if you want to join the Dead Dads Club, the Murder My Dude Dead Dads Club, uh, let us know. We'll get some t-shirts made up. Uh, maybe oh, I some- <laughs> like advertising services to kill their fathers. That's the Gentleman Murder Club. Oh yeah, yeah. It's something different. If you uh, if you want to join the Dead Dads Club, uh, refer back to our topic this this, this evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, don't please don't kill your fathers and then say your oh, podcast told you to do it. Yeah, unless there's money involved. Well, you give it's us gonna be money for them, but and give us a cut. Yeah. Um, you can tithe. You can tithe the the Dead Dads Club. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, let let us know. You start to murder my dude, Dead Dads Club. The, the uh, MMD, the uh, DDC, DDC. Yeah, yeah, we can do the DDC. What's that? Dead Dad's Club. And I know that, but is there something else? Is it? No. Is there some other kind of DDC? So the MMD uh, DDC. That's a lot of letters. Yeah. It looks like we'll come. Do you see? Huh? Do you see? I do see. Mm. Okay. So um, anything else for you, Jackson Wells? Uh, 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 (laughs) I'm glad that I didn't buy chili earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And put extra hot sauce in it. I did. I actually actually had chili literally yesterday Mm -hmm. with hot sauce. And that's why I was throwing up this morning. I woke up. I figure you throw up for just general purposes. I mean, you do. You think that. You think I'm fucking racist and I just throw up for no reason. Uh, No, I know there's a reason you throw up. Oh. Um, I, I, I fucking ate chili and uh, I put that Cholua hot sauce mm-hmm. on it and it was so fucking good but I woke up with acid reflux and um you'll get that from crystal hot sauce yes I, I would yeah you probably would yeah I would I just like New Orleans stuff apparently crystal hot sauce and southern comfort that's all like New Orleans shit no let's I get some gumbo some crystal hot sauce where is your crystal comfort. I don't have any right now really I've been buying hot I've been buying the Aldi hot sauce you haven't asked me to buy. Oh, you know why? I, I because because there's been a couple times you asked me to buy it and I forgot to buy it, and you probably were like, "Well, I'm not going to ask him to buy it anymore because yeah, I'll forget it." It's one of getting it at Aldi, but and that's not, not as good. It's not. You know, it's not as good. Crystal probably, hot sauce so- probably cheaper though. Crystal hot sauce is very good. I don't think it's as good as Cholula. Also, Cholula is like fucking I don't eight dollars for six drops. It's not, and I don't buy it all that fucking often. It's not though. I, I also don't use like a whole lot when I, when I do. I, I I use a lot of hot sauce. Well, that's not good for your fucking blood pressure. I mean, you don't know because you don't 
Apparently, the one that doesn't have a lot of sodium is Tabasco. Tabasco is very Tabasco is very good too. I I I, I remember it be, like eating it on eggs when I was a kid. People had Tabasco. I thought it was the hottest thing in the world. I was like, oh my god! Now, yeah. dude, it's that's how I am with Andy Cap's hot fries. Like, oh I, yeah, like I couldn't I I couldn't eat a, a handful of them without burning my mouth. And now I'm like, yeah, it's it's hot, but it's it's a good hot. My grandmother used to eat the uh, Red Hots mm-hmm. and. Uh, who, who put those out? Hers? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, pff, dude, I thought it was the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah, like, and, then, and then your palate evolves. Yeah. My stomach, though, doesn't. So. Yeah, your stomach is devolving. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so that's everything. If you enjoyed the show, let somebody know about it. Let us let them know that there's a, a comedy podcast that might uh, tickle their fancy and tickle their Elmo. And tickle their baby. And we will see you next time with more murder. My dear. So I want you to listen to something really quick. I want you to listen to something. I found some audio that might be very interesting for you. Okay. Here it is. Do you know what that was? No. That is the earliest known recording of a Charlie Chaplin tennis match. I don't like you.